Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here with you on a Saturday morning. Michael Lombardi, we've been keeping a watchful eye on the British Open. And Michael, we mentioned in the first hour how you kind of had a feeling that DJ Dustin Johnson might get off to a pretty good start. Hey, the, the hardest holes on the golf course are the first ones. He's gone par, so he's doing all okay. Right now, his live odds to win the British Open, plus 700 for DJ. So he's only four back. Morikawa and uh, Ustazen have not teed off as of yet. They're getting ready to. They just teed off of one, rather. What do you think of that, that money? Because plus 700 for a guy in fourth place with a pedigree and the number one player in the world, that's pretty good, pretty good action right there, right? Yeah, you know, I think so. I, I mean, look, he's really talented, and I think the weather is not going to be a factor. I mean, he's long as can be, so all the par fives he's going to get there in two. You know, he's got a great short game. And I think his putting is much better now, and I think he's kind of gotten into his groove. So I like him. I, I do like Dustin Johnson to, to play well today, and I think that's what it's going to take. I think he's got to play well today, put a little bit of pressure on the leaders, and, you know, see what tomorrow brings. But when you get a day like today where that sun's shining and the people in the stands are wearing short sleeves, <laughs> you know, and they got the suntan, you know, they got the screen block 30 out there. I mean, you know, they don't sell a lot of 50 block in, in Great Britain down there in Kent. I don't think they sell a lot of that. I don't think the sun gets that hot. So, you know, you better take advantage of it. You know, if you got 50 block on in Kent, you're probably walking around. You're a rarity. 
then a, today they will. You're right on. I'm looking at Colin Morikawa getting ready to make his approach on one. And by the way, Colin Morikawa right now is plus 400 in the live betting odds here. He is just two off the lead here as he begins his round. It's a seven-mile-an-hour wind gently whipping oh, through their, yeah. their shirts, right? They're, they're all short sleeve. It just looks so comfortable yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is. It's remarkable. I mean, it's like you do, wouldn't expect this. I mean, you know, they don't drink a lot of bur bourbon and brandy to warm up over there because <laughs> it's nice weather. I mean, let's be real honest here. Yeah, it, you know, and I don't think the gift shop has sunblock in it. You know, let's be honest there too. So they call it summer, but as Mark once, Twain once said about San Francisco, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like that. So, you know, I, look, I love watching it. I think it's great. I love the fact that you can wake up on the East Coast and you're right into golf and you get the ch chance to watch these guys play and not have to wait till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And let's be honest, it's better for ratings when you have a lot of Americans up there at the top of the board for us over here on this side of the pond. And you see Jordan Spieth's name up there with Kyle Morikawa. There they are. And Dustin Johnson, as we mentioned, Jordan Spieth right now is plus 500. He's only three off the lead. He parred the first hole. And I, look, I've been very critical of Jordan uh, in the last couple of years since his last win, which I believe was back in 2017. It's been a minute since he's won a major here, Michael. But this feels like it suits his game, right? Because he's not the longest hitter off the tee, but he's a great scrambler and the best putter. I think you can make that argument on the PGA Tour and certainly a clutch putter at that. Do you feel like only being three off at plus 500, there's some real value there? No doubt. And, and, and he putts well. And I think the other thing about Jordan Spieth is he's competitive as hell. Yes. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, he's competitive and he finds a way to do the things that he has to do through the course when he's not playing well. You know, and, and I, that's what I admire about him. He's changed his swing. His putting's back. He seems to be striking the ball at a higher level than he did in the past. So, yeah, I think that's good odds. You know, and I think it's going to take somebody competitive who can dig down and really fight through it. And make those critical putt. Look, it's always going to be about putting and, and, and where you place the ball on these greens. And that's what I think Justin, that's what I think uh, Jordan Spieth does extremely well. And again, when we're talking about guys like Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth and Colin Morikawa and Louis Eustazen, all these guys are major champions. They're, they've all won before at the highest level. So, again, a lot of times people go, well, you know, Usti's got all these second-place finishes. He's still a class player, potentially a Hall of Fame golfer. We're seeing some of the very best of the best rise, and that's what I love about major championships, Michael, is you see this all the time. Yeah, you get the great stories on day one or two, like the Richard Blands at the U.S. Open. They normally fall by the wayside, and at majors, it just feels like the pedigree, it just rises up. And we're seeing that right now so far in this leaderboard. So it is a really good-looking leaderboard. We do have some American flavor up there as well. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as the day progresses. But, of course, you are right here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I am Dave Ross with Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, again, I do want to get back to some NFL with you right now yeah. and talk about some prop bets because these are guys – and I always find it fascinating from a front office perspective. When you can't come to a long-term deal and you got to slap the tag on some of these guys, I wonder where they are mentally coming into the season. And let's take a look at Chris Godwin here. Did not get the long-term extension that he wanted, and certainly Allen Robinson did not get that in Chicago as well. So you see the props for them this season. But, Michael, what is the conversation like, first of all, for a player like Godwin, a player like Robinson that wanted long-term deals, didn't get them? How do you get them – properly motivated to do what you need them to do in the football field in the upcoming year. 
You know, I think one of the greatest uh, fairy tales being told is the players hate the franchise. You know, do you think Dak Prescott hates the franchise? <laughs> do you think Kirk Cousins hates the franchise? I mean, it's just really what it is. It's a way for the agents to drive the media talk to get more money. It's an ends to a mean. Players love the franchise tag. They love it. It puts them in a golden position to really make a lot of money. It gives them, and teams hate having to tag it. Teams hate having to put that tag on it because it puts them in a very defensive position. Because you know if Allen Robinson, you're renting him for a year, you're not going to be able to afford him next year, and you go on. I mean, let's go back to Le'Veon Bell, the dumbest holdout of all time. Take the $14.5 million, right? Put it in the bank. Put it in the bank. Oh, and they, we've got morons out there saying he did the right thing. I mean, that's how stupid people are. He did the right thing. Yeah, turning down $14 million is always the right thing to do. I do it often every day. Like, seriously, the <laughs> franchise tag is the greatest gift any player can receive. Now, it's not in the media that way. It's not portrayed that way because that's not how the agents who are feeding the media members want to feel it. That's who's feeding the media. That's who's feeding. That's who's fueling the, the show. That's who's feeding it all. Well, you know, my player's unhappy. Well, you know why you're unhappy? Because you want more money. And these are great things. Godwin's not unhappy. Godwin knows, you know, it's guaranteed money. He can go to any bank. He can borrow against his future earnings if he wants. He can do whatever he needs to do. And he puts himself in position to become a free agent. What do players want more than anything? Their freedom. When you're franchised, right, well, I don't have my freedom. Yeah, you got a lot of cash, and you get your freedom the next year. Like, seriously, how is that? Tell me what's wrong with that, other than the media perception towards it, other than the media spin on it. It's, That's what's wrong. It's absolutely amazing. And to your Le'Veon Bell point, this is a guy, when he did that, people were like, oh, he's, you know, he's doing this for the next generation and holding it. It ruined his career. You can make the argument. This guy was, was going to the Hall of Fame. They were talking about that with Le'Veon Bell, right? And then they're like, oh, well, now he's going to be rested. It's one, of the dumbest, it's one of the dumbest things. And we actually have people to defend it. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to some of the talking heads defend him. Like, seriously, turning $14 million down is really a – well, he got it back. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You never get it back. You know, it's like you never – you don't farm the same land over again. Like, seriously, <laughs> you're not getting it back. I totally agree. And again, I, I think the situations are a little bit different. Obviously, you're right. Chris Godwin should be really happy in Tampa Bay. You got Tom Brady there. You've, you've got guys uh, in Mike Evans and Antonio Brown ahead of you. So the, the pressure's off of you. It's different in Chicago for Allen Robinson, right? Because this is a guy that he has taken to social media. You do get the feeling there's some angst there with the front office. Uh, they did give him a big time free agent deal, you know, three years ago. And I know he wanted to get another contract. Is this the last year you think he plays in Chicago? And is he still going to be the alpha dog that he's been since he's been there? Well, I mean, look, the, you know, here's a guy who averaged 12-3 a catch. That's not his fault. He had 102 catches last year, right? Mm. I mean, he, he was productive in a bad offense. I mean, in a bad offense. Why the Bears franchised him? I don't know. I really don't. Because they've been in cap jail. They've been, they've been struggling with their cap. You know, they could lose Kyle Fuller because they had to cut players to get underneath the cap. Meanwhile, they've given Robinson all this money. I think Robinson's a really good player. But I wouldn't have paid Robinson all this, uh, this tie-up $17 million of cap room when I had other issues I had to handle. Especially, you know, is Robinson going to make a difference on their team this year with Andy Dalton at quarterback? I don't think so. 
Like, I really don't. I think the Bears are lying to themselves. I think the Bears are not as good a team as they were last year at 8-8. Eight and eight. Andy Dalton comes in at quarterback. I was not in love with Mitchell Trubisky, but that offensive line is going to struggle to block for Andy Dalton. And once Andy Dalton starts to get hit, watch it fall apart pretty quickly. And then you're going to go into Justin Fields, a young player who's got potential, and you're going to try to build a team around them. There's so many questions to me in Chicago, but this is what happens when you lie to yourself, when you really don't understand why you win and why you lose. And so you franchise him, you tie up $17 million, you're on a one-year deal. Basically, what's going to happen next year is the Bears will have a new front office and a new head coach because this isn't going to work well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And again, when you see the player prop at, at 1090 and a half there for Allen Robinson, I tend to, to think the under as well, just because, again, who's throwing them the ball? We don't know if it's going to be Andy Dalton, how long. We don't know what we're going to get out of Justin Fields. We think he's going to be great, but we just don't know. So for me to wager money on the over of that with those uncertainties, as you mentioned, it just feels like uh, that might be the way to go there. Because I'm with you on the Bears. I, I, I just don't see it. I want to see it. I'm in Chicago. I'm hoping they do well. I just don't see it. I don't know that this is going to be a very competitive football team. Uh, in that division, at least in year one. And you know at some point they will turn the keys over to Justin Fields. Uh, Michael, I do want to get back into some of those week one lines that we were talking about in the last hour. And yeah. One that does catch my eye, and you, you think it's kind of a dog game here, but when you have the Jets and the Panthers here on that first Sunday in the NFL slate, and you've got the Sam Darnold revenge game here, right? So now the Jets, we don't expect them to be good. They haven't been good in quite some time. Don't know if they're going to go with the rookie quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson, right out of the gate here. But what do you make of this line here with the Panthers minus four and a hook? Uh, are you thinking Darnold's going to be in a much better spot? And is this a place with Matt Rule that maybe in year two they do take a leap? Well, I do think that, you know, that he will take, he will improve. No, I think he'll cut down on his interceptions. Yes. We talked yesterday. I think for sure he will not lead the league in interceptions. I think they understand who he is and they're going to manage him at a higher level than they has in the past. And I think when you look at the Jets, the question I have on the Jets is Salai is going to come in and he's going to run his cover three scheme. He's going to run his cover three scheme. But you know who didn't come with him? You know who didn't come with him, Dave? Who? Bosa didn't come with him. Ah. You know, Bosa didn't come with them, and Armstead didn't come with them, and all those defensive linemen. So he's got Carl Lawson coming off the edge, who Carl Lawson, look, had five and a half sacks for the Bengals last year, but he can't play against the run. He's got Quentin Williams inside. He's got Kyle Phillips on the other side. Now, none of these are guys that you're going to be feared. So they're going to be able to attack this secondary. They're going to be a zone team, a complete zone team. You can't name their corners. It's, <laughs> I, it would be a Jeopardy question to give to somebody name the Jets secondary. Like, let's go talk about who is in the Jets second. Well, they have C.J. Mosley. Okay, he's a linebacker. They have Jared Davis, one of the slowest Mike linebackers in the NFL. So let's see how this is all going to work out. I think the Jets defensively are going to really struggle. And I think it's going to expose the lack of scheme and the lack of adjustments that Salai brings with them. Because those players, those really good players that he had in San Francisco are not coming with them. And that's a concern. Now, what are they going to do offensively? I think they'll be better. They'll be much better. They're better on the left side of the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. They're going to be, you know, because they've got the big left tackle over there, the kid from Louisville who they ran the ball, Becton, behind almost mm -hmm. every single play. They drafted Tucker from USC. So the line's better. The right side of the line's not very good. Morgan Moses on the ground all the time. Always looks like he's going to get carted off the field and he gets up and comes back for the next play. You know, so they're going to struggle in the right side of the line. And we'll see how Zach Wilson holds up to the pressure. Yeah, I, I do love the Panthers 
Panthers not even necessarily in this game, uh, minus four and a half. And I, I boy, I'd think about getting that now because I got to think that goes up before week one actually uh, kicks off there. But I do like the Panthers and what Matt Rule has done uh, drafting wise in the last couple of years where they've gone solid defense and they did it again to begin this draft here. Michael, is this a team that we can look at in the Panthers and think they might be sneaky better than people think? Uh, going into this year, if Sam Darnold does, uh, you get the best out of Sam Darnold, and that's what the expectations well, are? I mean, when you look at their team last year and you go through it, and, and, and I've had this conversation with a few people, right? So they're playing the Bears. They didn't handle the Blairs' blitzes very well. They, they beat Atlanta in Atlanta. They come back. They play the Bears at home. They didn't play well. Now, they lose to New Orleans by three. They miss a field goal late in the game to send the game to overtime. They come back. They lose to Atlanta again in a game. Then they go to Kansas City. I think they played Kansas City as well as any team played Kansas City last year during the regular season. They lose by two. They never were close to the Bucs. They never were close to the Bucs in terms of play. They beat Detroit. They lose a heartbreaker to Minnesota. They've got the lead against Minnesota. They give up the, two, they give up the last second drive. They lose to Denver, another one. They come back. They play Green Bay on Christmas Eve as well as you can play mm-hmm. them that week. And then they beat Washington at the end of the year when Washington was playing for something, right? right. Washington's playing. This is a team that when you looked at them last year, they were 5-11. and 11. That's who they were. But they easily could have been a 7-9, and 8-18. and 18. I think they'll be that this year. I think they'll be improved. Now, they didn't have last year. They had, didn't have Christian McCaffrey. You know, they had 59 carries for the entire season. Think about that. You know, they had 59 carries out of him. And he only had 17 receptions. So that's not really what they need to do. I think they're going to be vastly improved. I think if they can cut down on the mistakes at the quarterback position, which they have to do, get the ball down the field. They've got really good receivers and Robbie Anderson and, and more. You know, they've got really good receivers there. And I think that they'll be able to make some plays in the passing game. And, you know, their offensive line's got to be able to hold up. They draft the Marshall kid from LSU. They got David Moore, who was in Seattle last year. I think this is a good team. Not a great team, but I think they're going to be a hard out as long as they don't make the mistakes and turn the ball over. Yeah, I love the over there at seven and a half right now, plus 100 uh, bet MGM. So I, I look at that schedule and I see the Jets and the Texans in the first three weeks and the Saints now with Andrew Brees and we don't know what that Cowboy defense is going to look like. And then the Eagles, I mean, they could get off on the good foot here, Michael. This could be a, a really surprising team, at least early. Let's see how they hold up as the season goes on. Uh, I do. Right. Want to- I, you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head, though, Dave. I think when you look at this, they play the they they play the NFC East, right? And we know they're not four great teams in the NFC East. I think when you're looking at these over under numbers, I think you, what you want to be able to do is where can they steal wins out of the out of conference? And they're playing the or in conference, they're playing the NFC East. So you know they get Washington, who they beat last year. You know they get they get the Giants, who. who you know, they can play the Giants to get the Eagles, Cowboys. I mean, those are four games. They're going to win. They say they win two of those games. Right. You got the Jets. You know, they, they, they're going to they're split with the Falcons. The Falcons aren't going to sweep them. They beat Carolina. They beat the Cardinals last year. So, I think there's a good play. I think they're an 8-9 and nine team, 9-8 nine and eight team. I think that's what they'll be. Matt Rule, typically in his second year as a head coach, whether it was at Temple or Baylor, always shows significant improvement.
I, I love that that rationale, and I really do think that's a strong play right now. If you if you're a Carolina backer, and I think there's good reason to back them, that seven and a half feels like a good number to get at right now. I did want to pick your brain, Michael, a little bit about the Chargers uh, going to Washington in week number one. Here they are a road dog, yeah. uh, at just giving up the point here on the road. But you know what they say: the West Coast team going to the East, and we know how great Herbert was uh, last year. What do you make of this? Is this a tricky spot, even in week one, for a West Coast team going East? against a really good uh, front four in that, that Washington de- defensive line? Well, I think it's going to test the Chargers' rebuild program, right? It's going to test their, you know, rookie tackle that they drafted in the first round, Slater from Northwestern. He's going to have to play really well against Chase Young immediately. Now, you know, if you go back and watch the Northwestern tape versus Ohio State, when Slater had to block Chase Young, he blocked him. I mean, it's probably the reason why Slater got drafted in the first round. That tape alone got him drafted. Mm. And so Herbert, to me, I don't know what Herbert's MVP odds are, but I think, you know, look, it's a long shot. It's not a St. Jude's long shot, but it's a long (laughs) shot, right? And I think that, and I think that I would play Herbert as an MVP because I think this is going to be a better team. I worry about East Coast, West Coast teams coming back because when you live in Los Angeles, you don't deal with the humidity and that zaps you. The fourth quarter of these first month September games, if you're not in great shape, you're going to wilt away. I think you're going to wilt away. So I worry a little bit about that. I'm not worried about the Chargers defensively against Washington. I think they'll pressure. They will pressure Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would be shocked if Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't start the season off on a bad foot. I I think they'll be able to get out there. I think Staley's a really good defensive coach. I think he'll have a good scheme against them. I think they'll be able to handle them. I, I like the Chargers. I think it's one of these games... Dave, that we're going to go all the way through. I think the line's going to continue to flop back and forth as we get closer to the season. Uh, you mentioned Herbert, 20 to 1 to, to win the MVP. And, and Michael, I'm always curious, you know, we had some fun with Brian McFadden about what you thought of him coming out of the draft. I, I wonder what you thought of Herbert coming out of Oregon because I heard a lot of experts all over the board on him. And I'm sure if Miami had yeah. to do over now, they'd be like, man, no disrespect to Tua Tungavailoa, but we kind of wish we had Justin Herbert. What did you make of him coming out of college? And did you kind of see this? Because he is the prototypical big, strong quarterback that can stand in the pocket that you normally want traditionally. Well, Dave, I got to tell you, you're new to the show, so you're not allowed to say a bad word about Tua on the show. You're not allowed to. It's against all public relations. You know, I didn't the media, know that. You're not allowed to say a bad word. So, I, 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 you know, I understand you're new. Yeah. But I've got to correct you because Tua, you're not allowed to say a bad word, even though he only had six passes over 25 yards all season, even though he doesn't run very fast, even though he's very little. You're not allowed to say a bad word because the media has created him to be the next star. So, please, next time, next time you bring his name up, hold it in reverence please done deal. now for me on Herbert I got to be the first to tell you I hated Herbert I watched Herbert Auburn played in the opening game and I'm asking myself the question why are they rolling him out why are they doing these things mm. and I ended up spending most of my year critiquing how much I didn't like the Oregon offense I didn't like it and I took and that took a lot of a blame on Herbert that he took a lot of heat on that and then when he went to the senior bowl and you watched him in the Senior Bowl, and you watched pro coaching with him, you said, uh-oh, yeah, there he is. That's the guy we're talking about. So what happens sometimes to us in scouting is we end up critiquing the team he's playing with as opposed to what his talents truly are. And I think the Chargers got damn lucky because they've admitted it 
that they were going to either take Tua or Herbert, whoever left them. Chris Greer and Brian Flores at the Miami Dolphins, this is the one they're going to regret for a while because they passed up a generational talent to take Tua. No disrespect. Don't say a bad word. I just have to say, I'd like to point out that our producer, J.J., did not give me the memo, Michael. Nope, he didn't. J.J. So, and J.J. knows the rules. Yeah, J.J. knows, knows the rules. The rules. He, he hung you out to dry, Dave. Totally hung me out to dry. That's all on J.J. Leonard, our producer. Yeah, I would never, ever disparage the great name of the one Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Michael, fascinating insight right there. We're going to update the British Open when we come back and delve deeper into some more of these lines uh, later on this hour here on the Lombardi Line. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.
we've got your top horse racing plays of the day from Express Bet Analyst Jeff Siegel. At Saratoga in race number six, Jeff likes number four portfolio company at five to two. And at Del Mar in race number five, he likes the number three horse smash ticket at three to one. You can bet these races and more using 1ST Bet, the preferred, preferred horse betting app of VEASAN. To mark Saratoga's summer meet, 1ST Bet is a special offer for new customers. Get an instant $10 free upon sign-up and then earn $10 for every $1,000 wagered up to $1,000. Use the bonus code VEGAS1000. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for detail. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. Promo code VEGAS1000. And when you go to VEASAN.com slash horses, you can find a new feature, daily Saratoga picks from veteran handicapper Ed Seahorn, plus our own Dave Tooley has his top plays today. Back here inside the Lombardi line on a Saturday morning. Dave Ross with you and Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, I was telling you about those live odds out there at the British Open, and they are ever-changing. Louis Oosthuizen still has a two-shot lead over Jordan Spieth. Colin Morikawa has fallen down now to eight under par. He is three shots off the lead. So, Oosti has gone from plus 240 to plus 180 right now in the live line. Colin Morikawa has gone from plus 400 up to plus 650 with that bogey. And how about Jordan Spieth, the big money mover here? Plus 500 to plus 275. So they are listening to you, Michael. They like his chances. DJ holding firm right now at plus 700. So, again, very nice conditions. You're right on. They got to go low. But right now, Usti's still the guy to beat with a two-shot lead. Again, it's just moving day. It's Saturday. But it does feel like with this class field that we've talked about, you cannot lag too far behind because there's there's so much pedigree at the top of this leaderboard, right? Yeah, and once you get past the first couple holes and when they get into the groove, I think with Dustin Johnson just coming out minus seven after you get through the first three or four holes, that puts you in position to take off. And and Louie obviously stubbed his toe coming out of the box. And, you know, it's a business casual day at UPS over there. He's uh, <laughs> he's not looks like he's not dressed in any brown today. So, I mean, I don't understand it. You know, he must have a business casual at up. So, but we'll see. I, I, I think it's a... Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting field. I think today's going to be like moving day. Uh, Morikawa certainly, but Spieth's going to battle all the way through. I mean, he's not going to go away. You know, yeah. he's Spieth's like that, like that that dog that just gnaws on your on your leg and just sort of bites your pants and just won't let go. And you kind of push him off, and he comes back. You know, I just he's scrappy, and and it doesn't look pretty all the time. But he ends up finding a way to compete and get to the positive results. And if he could avoid that huge blunder that sometimes he makes, that double or triple that he kind of gets wayward, I think he'll be right there at the end. And it's a great call. And speaking of not getting the memo, certainly uh, Louie did not get the memo in the wardrobe because he's not wearing brown. But to your no, point, no, I mean you know he's got all those brown shirts in there and he's not putting one on. I mean seriously, who's delivering? You know when he don't deliver today, he's gonna he's gonna curse the outfit. It's on I mean UPS. this is what the man's job is. He's in delivery. <laughs> he's an upstart. I mean he's got to deliver. I'm totally with you. And again, you know it's funny you say that about Spieth because obviously he's won. Three of the four majors. He won won those all once, right? Uh, and so you look at it and you go, everybody says the Masters is the, the tournament or the major that's suited best for his game. I disagree. I'm with you. It's the Open because he is that guy. He doesn't have to be the longest off the tee, right? Because he can figure out a way to punch and Judy it around. And when he gets it around the greens, there's nobody better. So I, I actually think this surface, and again, you can get him right now still, at uh, plus 275, that's not a bad wager right now in Jordan Spieth, only two off the lead here no. on a Saturday. Because you're right, Michael, he's not going to go away. 
No, he's not. He's going to keep battling, and his game is solid. I mean, we know he's battle-tested, right? And we know he's competitive, and we know he's going to be there. You know, he's going to have some moments where, you know, he's going to lose out to the long drivers or, you know, but he is still a really good player with a competitive mindset, and he knows how to close it out. Yeah, those Texas guys, they're built differently. So I, I think we're going to see a little bit uh, from Jordan Spieth before this is over. Uh, I do want to ask you very quickly, if I could, and I maybe I'm going to shortchange it on this segment here, Michael, but I did want to get your thoughts on the Browns and Chiefs in week number one here. Uh, and if we have to carry it over, we will. Because it's a fascinating matchup yeah. when you look at it. Because the Chiefs right now are six-point favorites over the Browns. And you saw how competitive that game was in the postseason. I think it's the one the Browns feel like the game that got away here. And I know everybody loves the Browns this year. But week one, is this a dicey proposition for them going back to Kansas City? You know, this is all about pace, right? So, you know, you, you know we talk about the formula for beating Kansas City. Rush four be able to cover in the back end and be able to control the pace of the game. The Browns can do those three things pretty well. You know, we could talk more about it after the break, mm -hmm. but they have the kind of makeup of a team that can give them trouble. They got to hold up in the secondary and they got to stay healthy. Yeah, we will talk about that uh, before this show is over, but when we do come back, we're going to have Thomas Gable joining us. And I wonder what the liability lands over there in the British Open as we've been talking about it all day. We'll talk about it more right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. season is right around the corner and that means the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is coming soon. Our experts take a look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99 and discounts are available when you buy early so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here on the Lombardi line, I am Dave Ross with Michael Lombardi. A pleasure to have in Thomas Gable, the director of race and sportsbook at the Borgata. And, Michael, we've been talking so much about the British Open here, or the Open, as they say over there. Thomas, I I'm looking at this leaderboard, and I see Louis Oosthuizen up there at 11 under. Is there a guy you guys are specifically rooting against? Did you guys see a lot of action in on little <laughs> Louis this week? That would be Louie. Yeah, we're rooting against <laughs> Louie here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pre-flop, um, before the tournament started, uh, Louie went off here 28-1, to 1, and he certainly had a, a decent amount of tickets written on him, and, you know, he's one of our biggest liabilities uh, out there. And Spieth actually now within one of the lead, mm -hmm. if you're betting this in play, Spieth is now actually the favorite in play at plus wow. 175. Uh, Usain still a plus two dollars there. So um, definitely a um, difference in styles between the two. Spieth is a great scrambler, as we know. Usain very solid iron player. Um, this guy always, you know, has seems to be right there in majors all the time. Uh, can he hold on here for, for the victory? It's, I think it's going to be a good weekend, uh, exciting weekend, and you got a lot of big names there floating around right on the first page of the leaderboard. DJ's right there. Uh, if he can make a move, uh, Morikawa, you've already seen him drop a shot. Um, 
the thing with Morikawa coming into this week, everybody was talking about his lack of experience on Lynx golf courses. Hasn't really uh, affected him too much this week, but of course, you know, the the conditions have been fantastic over there. So, um, Royal St. George is not really playing mm-hmm. like you've seen it play in the past years where it's hosted the Open uh, just because of the really nice conditions over there. Thomas, you got to, I mean, Dustin Johnson at plus 750. I mean, you got to think that's a fairly good price. I mean, Spieth at plus 450. If you took two of those plays, you know, understanding uh, Louis UPS is going to be, you know, right there at the end. But I mean, I think you got to take a shot at that, right? Don't you? Yeah, DJ right now in play. If uh, you go on the BetMGM app uh, right now, he's uh, 12 to 1 right now in play live. So if uh, you're looking at DJ, you can get him 12 to 1 right now. Yeah, I love that play at 12 to 1. Thomas, I was telling Michael, I mean, it's my favorite major of the year just from a fan's uh, perspective. And even, I mean, it's tough to get up in the middle of the night and wager on some of these things. Is the handle down because of the time change? Or are you seeing, because there are a lot of Americans up there at the top of the leaderboard, that we're, you're getting some favorable action because there are big names at the top here? So it affects the handle a little bit uh, simply because we have to take it off the board, uh, you know, once once it gets going, which is, you know, literally very early morning, typically before we open the doors. Uh, but I would say, you know, traditionally the British Open and the PGA Championship have very similar levels in handle, and that's certainly what we've seen this year. Uh, with a little bit more handle here on the British than we did on the PGA. Uh, typically goes Masters and U.S. Open, and then you know British and PGA very similar levels of handle. Uh, but it's still it's been bet very well. You know we'll put it back up here this afternoon at the conclusion of play uh, with the adjusted odds, so you can bet it. You know if you're here this evening, um, you can bet it going into the fourth round. Thomas, what what is the – I mean, obviously, Britain's been betting a lot more than we have as we've just kind of in the beginning of the evolution of betting in terms of doing it in states all over the country. But what is their, what is their play all the time? Do they do the matches or do they just do the outright or do they do the in-game betting in terms of the golf? Uh, for – as far as what we see here, as far as yeah. where it goes – uh, you, you yeah. get a, you get a good mixture. Um, you know, there's, you typically get the bigger wagers, obviously on the matchups where, you know, people are, you know, maybe drop a couple thousand or so on a matchup. Um, whereas the, the outrights, you know, that's where you write the majority of the tickets. But, um, you know, in terms of the matchups, that's where I think a lot of the guys, you know, who really are serious about golf betting, that's, uh, you know, they'll, they'll bet those matchups. Um, you know, they'll take a few players outright, obviously, to win, but the vast majority of their bankroll is going towards the matchups uh, if, you, if you're doing that. Or, you know, if you're betting top five, top ten, et cetera, in those types of markets. Yeah, absolutely, Thomas. Those are those are fun wagers to make. Certainly, like me, if you bet against Ricky Fowler today, it was a nice one to cash early today. I do want to ask you about Game Five here of the NBA Finals uh, between the Bucks and the Suns, and we've seen this hold pretty firm here at uh, the Suns minus four here, and that over under right around two eighteen and a half. What type of action are you seeing so far on either the line or the spread here? Yeah, we've actually ticked up the total now to two nineteen. Um, a little bit more money and tickets 
on the over here, and the, the Suns are taking uh, the vast majority of the tickets and money currently, uh, laying the four. I, you know, I think a lot of people are making a big deal about Chris Paul's turnovers there in Game Four, and they were certainly costly for the Suns. You could say, you know, they may have been the difference maker there. Drew Holiday, he was excellent defensively against Paul. Um, who someone typically does not turn the ball over. Right. I certainly expect Paul to make some adjustments here, revert back to his normal form. Um, but I think this really speaks to the bigger issue the last two games, or really on the whole. The Bucks are dominating in a couple of key categories, and they're dominating the offensive glass, and they're winning the possession battle. And that's a big reason they seem to have the momentum now in this series. Um, the other thing that I think you need to take a look at, Chris Middleton. He did not shoot in the two games in Phoenix, the first two games of the series here. He did not even come close to his regular season percentages. During the regular season, Middleton shot 47.6% from the field and 41.4% from three. In the first two games in Phoenix, he was only 40.5% from the field and 33.3% from three. Obviously, he has maybe found something there when the series went back to Milwaukee. If he can shoot better here tonight, watch out, because I think Milwaukee will be heading back home with a chance to clinch the title. But it really seems to go, you know, Giannis can put as much weight as he can on his shoulders, but it comes down to is there going to be someone else from the Bucks, i.e. Middleton or Holiday, somebody needing to step up and help him here. Yeah, very interesting after that 40-point outburst he had in Game 4. Can he keep it going in Game 5? Thomas Gable, appreciate the time and the information. The director of Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata will be keeping a watchful eye on that Game 5 tonight. But when we come back here on the Lombardi line, we will delve deeper a little bit into uh, some of those marquee games that we were talking about, Michael, certainly the Browns and Chiefs. When you come back with us right here, it is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. raises the stakes for MLS action quite like BetMGM. Sign up for the BetMGM app using the promo code VEASAN100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on the New York Red Bulls or Philadelphia Union, you get $100 in free bets if either team simply scores a goal. If you're betting in Pennsylvania, you'll get $100 in free free bets if the team you bet on wins. Download the app today. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Back here on the Lombardi line, Dave Ross joined once again by Michael Lombardi and Josh of Applebaum to wrap things up here. And, Michael, we were talking a little bit about the Browns and the Chiefs here in a marquee week number one matchup here. The Browns getting six points on the road to Kansas City. And, again, if you go back to the playoff game, they had some critical spots where they had a fumble at the one-yard line, some maybe dicey decision-making there going forward. And it really look, they had a chance to win that game, to be quite honest, and then things got away in the second half. Do you like taking the six points here in that rematch, or do you think this is a tough spot? No, I, I think it It really, you know, once again, I think it's going to go to seven eventually because I think a lot of people are going to think this is what happened last year with the Chiefs. People kept thinking they're going to route, and they never covered a line. It took forever for them to cover a line. So Cleveland is a good team that has the elements to control. Look, the one thing you want to do when you play the Chiefs is you want to keep Patrick Mahomes next to Andy Reid. 
Mm. And the Chiefs can, and the Chiefs force them to have to play defense for 34, 35 minutes. See how that works out for them. And with Hunt <laughs> healthy, Chubb healthy, a really good offensive line. I mean, Cleveland has the chance to control it. Now you, you've got to do something with it. You just can't control the. You know, time possession doesn't mean anything if you don't score. And and Cleveland's got to be able. But you know, they get Beckham back. You know, I mean, this is a talented team that I think Stefanski's got to really work, really work hard this summer to let them rest on their laurels and feel like they're really comfortable. And I, I lean towards taking the the Brownies and the points here because, yeah, I know the Chiefs will be really good. I know Andy Reid on opening day is really good. I get all that, right? I get all that. But I do think this is a hard matchup for Kansas City because the elements of what the Chiefs, of what the Browns can do defensively. You know, you've got Garrett who's going to be a problem for them rushing. Mike Remmers is still their right tackle. Can he block Garrett? I don't think so. Mm. They're going to have to double him. Clowney's over at left tackle against Orlando Brown. People are making a big deal about Orlando Brown being a left tackle. They solved their problems there. Okay, Orlando Brown played in Baltimore. It was run, for, it was run first. Nobody was running up the field against the Bra- against the Ravens. Everybody was playing the run. When Lamar Jackson gains a thousand yards rushing, you're playing the run first, pass second. When you play Kansas City, you're playing pass first. He's going to have trouble securing that edge. That's why they didn't extend him to a contract. That's why when they traded for him, they didn't say, "Okay, here you go. here's a five year deal. You're our left tackle for the future." No, no, no. They basically said, "We're going to try you out. See if you can handle this scheme." Not sure. We think so, but we're not confident. I do think there's elements to like about Cleveland. I can't wait to watch them in the preseason. I want to gauge their appetite. I want to gauge if they're compl- complacent about what they did last year. They think they can just turn it on. I think if they come in with an angry position and a temperament, I think they'll give them what they can handle. I'm right there with you, Dave. I think Michael said that's important is if you like the Browns, I would wait on them. Michael. I think you're spot on because, you know, when we get closer to, to- one here so much Patrick Holmes hype and he went through last year where you know it's like the Chiefs every game but they never come right. a gift to betters because you take it's against it was it's really a good overall uh but it's open six you're gonna get a heavy bet in Mahomes here see some offensive additions to revamp offensively but Mike you are right it's like this is gonna go to six and a half so I would wait the hook is critical here to me I want to get if you're gonna be Browns but Michael thoughts on the table get a 2017 game last year, obviously different lower scoring than regular season but this is one of the highest totals on the board 52 and a half and it looks like some books are going to 53 53 and a half do you think that's that number is too high michael no i don't because i think if you go back and look at scores in september if you look at scores the defense is usually behind the offense in september we see higher scoring games and also the referees have let them play a little bit in september I think that's critical. If the referee, like last year, remember we weren't getting any holding calls early in the year. <laughs> you know, it was everything was backed off, and we were getting high scoring points. I mean, it all depends on how they want to officiate the game. If they want to be nitpicking and they want to call holding, which they can, you know, I think they will. I, I don't think they will. I think they'll start the season off, and defenses will slowly get, and the scoring will come down as the months go on. But I do think because we won't have a severe training camp, because we won't have a lot of reps for the veterans. I think it's going to be defensive. Defense is going to start slower. 
All right, gentlemen, I do want to switch the focus here to Major League Baseball, Josh, with you in studio here. Uh, and just talk about some of the plays that you like today because I did pretty well with Michael yesterday. The, the Jays had never had to sweat it out at all. We didn't hit the over in the Cubs. Well, what do you like today? Yeah, Michael, great call by you taking the run line yesterday yes. with the Jays, the minus one and a half, because you save yourself a ton of juice there going spread in that one. Uh, big one with the Cubs, also Seattle, big dog play mm-hmm. we talked about yesterday, which was nice. But, Michael, one that I'm looking at is the Red Sox. I know it's kind of just an obvious spot here as a dog, but but if you watch that game yesterday where the Red Sox won, there was a late move in their favor. You look at this the Yankee lineup. If they're still missing Judge, Ooh. like number five through nine in the lineup, guys I've never heard of. You look at them. I don't I mean, think Brett Gardner's batting six, Josh. It, Brett Gardner's <laughs> batting six. I mean, think about that. It's unbelievable. I mean, These guys, you know, they're hitting below I, 220. So Red Sox today, you're, you're still getting respect for Garrett Cole. He's on the mound, but lines move to the Red Sox. They open plus 140. They're down to like plus 115. Wow. Road division dogs. Sox are six and zero against the Yankees. To me, the only reason why the the Yankees are favored is because of the respect for Garrett Cole. But to me, it's a Red Sox play road division dog line move. And Michael, that lineup is just unbelievable right now for New York. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, look, you know, if you, if you you're, you're counting on guys, you know, the minor leaguers that, that they're not even the guys that you, that, that are the prospects with the arrow up in the minor leagues. So yeah, I think that's, you're right. I think even though Garrett Cole's pitching, it's going to take, I mean, he's going to have to win one, nothing. And against the Red Sox lineup, that's hard to do. Yeah, I, I am totally. I was totally in on the Yankees in the second half until I watched yesterday. Now I'm all the way out. It just took <laughs> one night to watch that putrid offense, and they have nothing right now. They have no steam uh, going ahead here in the second half. So I'm off the Yankees completely. I think you guys are right on uh, with the Red Sox. Josh, anything else in Major League Baseball you like today? couple more Cubbies. I think going back to all the Cubbies today, it has some value. You know, uh, Cubs won yesterday, uh, five to one, minus 150 favorite. And they're getting some big steam today, Michael. They opened around minus 110, kind of a short number. Cubs are all the way up to around minus 130. Uh, this would match as a non division favorite. Again, I like these favorites when they're outside the division. That way you don't have to worry about uh, the, the divisional dog familiarity angle. Non division favorites with steam 10 cents or more. They're 63% so far this year. Also, this is kind of a play on not just a line move for the Cubs, but these splits home road, uh, and as well as favorite dog you know the Cubs are when they're expected to win they win they're 29 and 15 as a favorite the D-backs are just a gift to betters mm-hmm. if you want to fade Arizona they're fifth they're 19 and 59 as a dog so Michael this is what you know we were saying are the Cubs going to sell off guys are they going to be sellers at the deadline they give away they you know they trade away Jock Peterson but I think this could be a spot where uh, going up against the D-backs especially with Alzale on the mound he's been pretty decent this year I'd be looking at laying with the Cubs today yeah, I mean, the Cubs won what they went 5-1 yesterday. I thought yeah. we'd get a little bit more offense out of the Diamondbacks because they were playing at home. I thought they would. I thought they would, the Cubs would win. The other one I want to throw at you, Josh, is Cincinnati is playing Milwaukee. You know, the line's at eight. Now, Woodruff's pitching, right, against Castillo. Both guys are good pitchers for both teams. But to me, that eight seems a little light. Don't you think? I mean, I think this is going to go over. I think Cincy's bullpen has been problematic at times this year. So I kind of like the over here. You know, this will be the second time Woodruff has faced uh, Cincinnati in the last week. And they've been and Cincinnati's been much better at home. And so Milwaukee will face Castillo for the second time. And it's the fifth time they've seen him overall. So I'm leaning towards the you know, you see a pitcher that many times. I think you got to have a you got to have your handle and you got to feel like you got a, a knowledge of him and you can hit him. 
Great call, Michael. I'm with you. This thing opened seven and a half, immediately went to eight. Anytime you see uh, a number out there with a hook where it, it jumps up quickly, to me that tells me early money there to the over. You also look at Great American Ballpark. This is one of the best stadiums. I think it's the second best in baseball for overs. It's going to be a hot day. Wind's blowing out a little bit here. I also like the Brewers in this one, Michael. They open uh, around minus 110, minus 115. They're all the way to minus 137. This is a big move toward Milwaukee. Uh, they actually broke it uh, broke it open late last night. They won 11-6 and had a ton of runs. Good call, but you, Michael, the bullpen. Uh, might, you might lean on the bullpen of the Reds to cash this over for you. Uh, big advantage with Woodruff on the bump here. Steam 15 cents or more off win with Milwaukee would match at 60%. Also, Nick Castellanos. He might be out today. He hurt his wrist. Keep an eye on that, but that could be part of the move to the Brewers with Castellanos likely out today. And, Michael, would that be your Mr. Ba- Mr. Baseball play for me to play today is take the over in this game? I like Toronto again today on the run line. I'm going to go back to Toronto on the run line. I like this Milwaukee Cincy over. I do, but I like the Toronto run line again today. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to play that again. It worked out well yesterday for me, that's for sure. Uh, Gentlemen, let's talk, speaking of Milwaukee, let's go back to the NBA, though, because we had Thomas Gable on a little bit earlier. And, Josh, I I wonder now, uh, any any change in the thinking here as we're inching ever so close to game five tonight? So the first thing that TG mentioned, which I think is important, is Michael, over money continues to come in. You know, we look at our splits yeah. from BetMGM. To me, it seems kind of like pro and Joe. You know, what that means is both your recreational betters and it looks like respective money are thinking this this game could go over. Again, it opened 218 and a half, uh, 218. It's now 219. So uh, last time I saw you guys, you know, 45 minutes ago, it was 218 and a half. Right. So it did just jump up. You're getting about 75% of bets and, and about almost 80% of money on the over there. So if you like the over, if you can still find a two 18 and a half. I'd keep an eye out for that. And to me, guys, I'm leading Suns with all these system matches that I have. These chalky home fans in the NBA Finals. It's minus five. Last 63%. But Michael, to me, the key is where does this go next? Does it go to four and a half? That's a good sign of Suns. If it gets to three and a half, to me, a buck spot there. That would be an indication that maybe Milwaukee in the points could be a late moving play. All right, what do you keep- I-, I like the Suns all the way. I like the over all the way. I'm Suns and over. Definitely back guys now. I like to root for points. Uh, it's great to have you in studio. Thanks to Thomas, Michael Lombardi. Always enjoy it, gentlemen. Thanks for watching Visa. This is the Sports Betting. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.